0: Well, good evening, King's Cross Church. It's a joy to be with you tonight. Um, As somebody who is a part of the Pillar Network, I am really grateful for your leadership here, um, for your kingdom impact locally in Greensboro, as a church, uh, nationally, as you guys partner with other like-minded churches, and then also globally, um, as you support the Lord's work um, in the Balkans. And in other parts of the world, I love this time of prayer, um, how you guys are really putting forth God's laborers out there who are trying to share the gospel with people who are in unreached places. And so, um, yes, you have a God-glorifying reputation as a church, and so I'm just really honored to be with you all. Um, Also grateful for the opportunity to uh, share with you what the Lord has been calling our family towards and to introduce you to a pretty obscure small country that desperately needs the gospel. Uh, so I'll go ahead and ask here with, with, a, with a show of hands, is anybody in here familiar with Montenegro? Okay, you guys don't count. <laughs> okay, a, a couple, three, four hands. Uh, that's actually a very good ratio um, because most people have... Uh, Have no idea um, where in the world that is or what continent uh, Montenegro is a a part of. So um, this is good because I'll get you exposed to it today and hopefully you can start praying for the lost there and for the Lord's work in that part of the world. Um, I'll introduce my family real quick. Um, We're the Nelsons. That's my wife, Heather, over there. Uh, We have three children. Mercy is eight years old. She loves to read and is a fan of unicorns. Um, David is seven years old. He is good at math. And he is our LEGO master builder of the family. Um, And then Peter is three years old, potty training. We're getting there, y'all. He is just fun and funny and just an incredible cuddler. Um, The truth is, we are just a family with a a ton of corks. that simply yet absolutely loves Jesus and feels called to serve the Lord in the Balkans. Um, our family goes to Redeemer Community Church in Fuquay, Verena, south southern part of Raleigh, and part of the Pillar Network as well. And I've served there as a church planting resident for the last couple years. Um, although, right now, we are ping-ponging all over the place. Um, making sure we say hello and goodbye to family and friends and supporting churches we love because we are about to move to Montenegro in early August. Um, so before I share a little bit about uh, our ministry and a little bit more about ourselves, I'd like to dig into a few verses in Matthew 9:35 to 38. I've heard some of you reference that in some of your prayers, and I love it. Um, but the reason I chose this passage a little bit is because it partly describes how I felt when I first visited the Balkan region, but then also hopefully uh, this passage can be an encouragement to your own personal burden uh, to reach the lost in your own community Um, and in the specific environment that God has placed you in. So if you're there, you can read with me, Matthew 9, 35 to 38, says this about our Lord. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Let me pray real quick. Father God, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to um, open your word and to witness what your son has done um, when he walked this earth, what he has done on our behalf on the cross, so that as lost sheep we can belong to you, Lord, so, so that we can also be encouraged, Father, to make disciples of all nations. Uh, Father, I pray that your spirit would speak to our hearts right now, Lord, that you would uh, just use our experience and even this text to spur each other on, um, to give you glory Lord as we seek to teach people about the the kingdom of God and um, and I pray these things in Jesus name Amen so have you had the opportunity or privilege to go to an unreached country I know that BT has had the the privilege of serving in North Macedonia which is a very unreached country near where we're headed But uh, if you're unfamiliar with missiological terms or the study of missions, that that word unreached is a statistical term for a people group whose population has less than 2% of genuine believers or followers of Jesus. Well, part of my story is that when I was in college in 2004, I had the uh, opportunity to go to Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, to help a missionary family friend of ours who was serving uh, out there. If you're unfamiliar with Bosnia, it's a country in uh, the Balkans in Eastern Europe that used to be a part of communist Yugoslavia. Um, If you're old enough, you'll remember that there was a bad civil war there in the 90s with lots of genocide that uh, totally tore up that country. Um, It's a beautiful place but very broken and definitely dark and heavy. It's uh, predominantly Muslim. It has a population of about 3.3 million people. But at the time that I was there, there were only 600 believers in the entire country. I was in a city called Zenitza with about 120,000 people, but there were hardly any committed, faithful followers of Jesus in that place. In fact, there were only two churches in the entire city. One had about 35 members, that's the church that I, that I was serving with and helping, and the other one had 11, it was a Pentecostal church. Um, but as I worked with the church and with a humanitarian organization, I saw a lot of poverty because of unemployment. It was over 60% at the time. But the thing that impacted me the most was the spiritual lostness of the people. They were entirely without hope. And the extreme lack of gospel witnesses just made matters worse. And I believe that for the first time in that unreached country, I got a glimpse of the depth of what Jesus felt when he saw the crowds in Matthew 9 and was moved with compassion for a helpless people. And even though I was, I was young and dumb and in college at the time, that trip rocked my world to the core and changed my life. Because again, for the first time, I felt in my heart and in my gut the heaviness of an unreached people group devoid of shepherds leading them to the truth. And so ever since that experience in 2004, and I actually went back in 2010, and I lived there for a little over a year, I have been wanting to go back to that unreached area to help shepherd the lost and build Christ's church in that part of the world. Um, In God's providence, he's uh, leading us to Montenegro, uh, that's a neighboring country to the south that uh, they actually share the same language. But uh, before, before I share about that and the country and the ministry, let's get back to Matthew 9 real quick. And we'll just consider some, some highlights about, uh, some simple highlights about Jesus' compassion uh, that hopefully we can be encouraged by. Um, in those verses, we, we see that in Jesus' burden for the lost, he cared for the crowds, Right? But he also commissioned his followers to engage and exercise his compassion. You could title this talk tonight as Christ's Compassion as Our Call to Action. A simple non-biblical definition of compassion is the feeling that arises when you are confronted with another suffering and feel motivated to relieve that suffering. But as Christians seeking to emulate our savior, it's important to note that Jesus' compassion always resulted in action, right? So what did he do? And how can we imitate him, moving beyond just feelings and motivations? Well, the first action I noticed in these verses is, number one, Jesus walks among all people. What I love seeing about Jesus in in our passage is that even though he was the most important human being in all of human history because he is actually God, he didn't bypass the villages in his traveling itinerary. Verse 35 says that Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, right? I like to think of Montenegro as a tiny village in the world stage, Because it only has a population of 630,000 people. But Christ loves that lost country because he's sending laborers there, right? But Jesus didn't decide to just go on to key important cities with his message like a politician would. He cared about people everywhere, especially the seemingly distant and insignificant Jesus walked into places and speaks to people most would ignore or reject. In his travels, he made it a point to go through Samaria, right? A place and a people despised by the Jews. And he spoke to an adulterous woman that most men would keep their distance from. And as the story goes, Jesus you have probably heard it showed compassion toward that woman and his active love led her to a saving faith well his disciples when they get back they're a bit shocked right that they're that he's talking to a to a woman and Jesus tells them this John 4:35 he said look i tell you lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest Brothers and sisters, are you lifting up your eyes? Are you choosing to lovingly engage lost people outside of your circle or your comfort zone? The fields are white for harvest in Greensboro. Well, a second action we can learn from Christ's compassion is this, and it's number two Um, Jesus teaches the helpless. Verse 35 goes on to say that Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And then in verse 36, Matthew gives some insight into the spiritual problem of Jesus' day, but it also speaks to ours as well. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd what did Jesus teach to the lost sheep the good news of the kingdom of heaven it's essential that in our relationships with unbelievers that we teach them the gospel right to teach someone something means that the person receiving information either lacks knowledge of what is being taught, right? Or they have a deficient understanding of it. I'm teaching Peter over here, my three-year-old, the ABCs, right? With the help of Cocomelon. For you parents of young children, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but why? Um, because he needs to know it, Right? in order to flourish as a human being on this earth. But when it comes to Jesus' teaching, a commentator put it this way, um, John brought us, he said, the constant application of teach and teacher to our Lord reminds us that the gospel proposes to instruct and enlighten men in their ignorance of spiritual things. Sadly, the truth is that because of sin and its universal effect on mankind, everybody, right? Everybody is born with an ignorant, deficient understanding of God and His kingdom. Everybody needs to be taught the gospel because they're helpless without Christ. The, the, the NASB uses the words distressed and downcast instead of harassed and helpless. And doesn't that sound like our world today? Right? Isn't stress and depression everywhere? Don't most people seem hopeless, whether they're poor or whether they're rich? Brothers and sisters, billions of people in our world today are spiritually ignorant without Christ. The unbelievers in our lives need us to exercise Christ-like compassion and teach them about the kingdom of God or they will remain helpless, right? There's so much more that could be expounded on from those verses, but I'll end quickly here with a a third and last point that we can learn about Jesus' compassionate action, and it's this, number three. Jesus commissions his followers to care for the crowds. Look at verses 37 and 38. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The harvest here stands for the millions of unbelievers who can receive salvation through faith in Christ, but will Perish like unharvested wheat unless laborers are sent out with the gospel to gather God's harvest. My wife is not going to like this illustration, um, but our family does not have a green thumb. Um, we've tried planting seeds and little cups for projects for our children. Um, and we've even tried the full-on, like, backyard cube system garden with, like, the best soil and nutrients mix. And I hate to say it, but about 95% of our gardening efforts went to waste. Um, no joke. Our plants shriveled up for lack of water, or too much sun, um, and some of our produce straight up rotted on the vine. But I think the truth is, we were just too busy to care for a garden. Now we can chuckle about a few unpicked rotten tomatoes, and that's okay, but brothers and sisters, let's be serious about the harvest of people that are perishing in unreached places because of a lack of gospel laborers. Let's not be so busy with our lives that we fail to to look up and take compassionate action toward the helpless. Let's not neglect the lost sheep of this world. So as we end our time in this passage, what is the Lord commissioning us to do to care for the crowds? And I'll end it with just two simple things, two takeaways. The first is pray like Jesus And the second is be like Jesus. I don't know about you, but um, praying for people has a way of igniting care for others in my soul. And that very well may be Christ's formula for fostering compassion in our hearts. Because the more I pray for a person, the more I'm prone to take compassionate action towards them. But regardless, let's not forget that in Christ's compassion, he's teaching us through his word to pray for the harassed and helpless lost sheep among us. And I think it's a beautiful thing that you guys are actually doing that here um, this evening and that I know that you're still doing this um, on your own. Um, So anyways, I'm here to personally ask you to earnestly pray for our family. Um, as we move to Montenegro, which is considered to be one of the most unevangelized countries in all of Europe. Um, in our Lord's sovereign providence, He uniquely gave our family a burden for the Balkans, but He also uniquely placed every one of you in Guilford County. Right? So I'd encourage you to go in to your own community. And develop an eye of compassion for the unbelievers around you. And then be like Jesus. Walk into those spaces yourself. And teach them about the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Because there are plenty, right? Plenty of distressed and downcast people out there. Who knows? You may even be the small 2% percentage of Believers in your neighborhood or in the company you work for, teach them. Pray like Jesus, be like Jesus, and that's what I have for you tonight from this passage. Um, Let's pray real quick.